0: Life is a confusing little place. It is also fascinating. Why can't it be both? Does it matter? What on earth is the game anyway? These are just some of the questions that float around in my head. For all the chatter doing things this way and that. One thing is certain. No one has a definitive answer. So there we are. Welcome to the Maximum Project. Welcome to the Maximum Project. Hello there, welcome to The Maximum Project. What Finding patterns, mutational hack and a hint of acceptance that gives us know. the ability to do more. The Maximum Project is an initiative that attempts to seek answers, think out loud and share the experience. Let's chat. Hello and welcome to... Another episode of The Maximum Project. I'm your host, Adish Nalim. And here's another reflection on some of the things I've been thinking about that I'd like to see if you have as well. You know, one of the things uh, that do cause me a fair amount of uh, reflection is relationships with people, interactions with people. Frequently, I hear people tell me they have social anxiety or they're thinking about how they come across. Self-worth is another area that comes up quite frequently. And and these are quite interesting. I think for me, um, when I meet people, they hold up a mirror, in a way, to my self-perception. And then the reactions are a useful signal. However, if I construct my image of self entirely from these signals, it starts to become problematic because First, we make the assumption that we're around people who have immense clarity into our personality, our intent, and stage of life. We also then assume that we are only speaking with a selection of these people. And the third assumption is that we're able to piece together all these perceptions that the entire social circle has to create a narrative, first, that is accurate, which obviously it isn't, And secondly, one that is robust enough to drive our actions for our benefit. And if it's not beneficial, and if it's not accurate, why do we continue to do it? If I told you I'm giving you medicine for some illness you have, and I tell you that it's neither proven to be effective, in fact the chances are it's not, and there's no guarantee it's going to work, but if you take it every single time for the rest of your life, you can pretend that it sometimes might. And that's a bit tricky. And I don't know, but with social interactions, frequently, that's what we do. And I found that my own uncertainty and nervousness used to stem from the belief that I could game people into giving me the ideal reaction. Again, unpacking this from a social anxiety standpoint can make for some compelling thinking. On one hand, I'm talking about my ability to manipulate an interaction to my benefit, which is my expectation of the ideal reaction. Now, even if I'm trying to draw anger out of someone to see if they care, my time is still spent angering them, either consciously or otherwise. And in this process of trying to manipulate someone into providing an ideal reaction, I start to wonder, what if it doesn't happen? I start to ask myself, what if the person I am manipulating doesn't give me what I want? And in the process, I desperately hope I am not being manipulated. And I think that anxiety comes from a place of intense self-focus. Yes, there will be rejection associated with past trauma, And that could play a part. I'm no qualified psychotherapist. This is me thinking about my own state of mind. But I've also found that obsessing over my part in a certain situation, my part in a certain conversation, can create a lot of additional pressure, which then prevents me from paying a situation the attention I need to. And paying attention, increasingly I've found, is quite a calming place. There isn't any past or future to work with, I'm just backing myself to respond to the situation at hand. And I I don't know, I I just feel like it could be a helpful way to think about something. Um, I mean, I I could focus on some of the terrible results I have, or I could just focus on the places where my connection with the person is is more obvious. The desire or tendency to convince, or my own desire to impress, comes from how I view my default mode, like on some level, if I was just listening and responding based on the nature of the situation, my performance wouldn't be good enough to build a connection. For me personally, making small but consistent changes to my general outlook has been more effective because it is a conscious plan that elevates subconscious performance It's what professional sport is based on entirely. You train consciously and hard, so you can perform in a way that's unfettered and uninhibited and and more effective in terms of responding. I think it needs to come from a place of good intent and respect. At least for my desired situation. If I am looking for conflict, then obviously I can switch things up. Or if I'm looking for domination, which I might in negotiations, that might work. But because work takes up so much of our time and a lot of our approaches, even on social media, which was inherently built to be a a connection-based experience, has become quite transactional. And I feel like when we apply those transactional frameworks to our own life, it doesn't work as well as it does For an organization or a product which has a defined value proposition, that's often largely static as far as that particular segment is concerned. Our personalities are not really products. Yes, we can create personal brands, but they're evolving constantly and we don't have the kind of targeting that corporates might actually benefit from we don't need to. We're creatures of leisure. At the base of it, I feel that we have so much convenience packed into our lives that we've become attached to speed and convenience. And that's fine for areas beyond relationships. Relationships designed to I mean, either deliver intimacy or depth-related pleasure. They don't need performance art. They need attention and openness. Now, I don't confuse these things with making an effort, you know, when people say, why can't you let me just be myself? That's also a claim to know that you know what yourself is, and to also assume that by virtue of it being your authentic self, it should somehow be pleasurable to me, which, as you know, can be a slightly slippery slope. I think of these things as clarity instead, instead of worrying about what people think of me, I find it helps to focus on what sort of conversation or interaction we can build. It needs to be aligned with the emotional need of the situation and can't be a force fit like interruptive advertising. How many of us use ad blockers on the content we consume on our browsers? Do you use one? Now, the thing is, how many of us use ad blockers in how we communicate? When I'm listening to someone, am I looking to build my response, deepen a connection, or just form a contradiction that I can explore in the course of the conversation? We have to have a real conclusion. Do I have to think about what I will say while I am listening? For me, I've just tried to do one thing at a time. I've not tried to make it very complicated. But if I'm listening, I'm listening. If I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I will ask for additional time if a question comes up where I need some space. And if that time's not given to you, then you're in a dodgy situation or you haven't prepared enough. It helps to take ownership of these things. And the results have been quite calming from this approach of trying to be a bit more focused. By paying attention, I feel like I'm drawing energy away from trying to control the situation and directing it towards making, subconsciously, The subtle tweaks needed to hold the performance together. Every interaction, in my view, is little dance, where every element over time comes together to create the tapestry of our social experience. If I'm frequently tripping, looking at the audience, thinking what they're thinking of me, looking at the dancers I'm dancing with, it's a troupe. It is not a competition or a dance-off. And wondering if people like their performance better, instead of thinking about how I can be, maybe... An integral part of the performance just by doing what the situation requires. It's just a thought that takes the pressure off a bit. At no point can I focus solely on my contribution. I come from a background in team sport and you have to put in an incredible individual performance but with knowledge of what the team needs. The problem with focusing entirely on myself and The root of this social anxiety is first, it blinkers my perspective. And the second is that's not really the game. Having intent and having malicious motive are not the same thing. You can be conscious while being spontaneous. A broad vocabulary, I feel, has allowed us to conflate indifference with going with the flow and uncertainty or entitlement that this is the reaction I want from someone, what if I don't get it, with anxiety. When I sometimes worry about how people will react to something. I find myself thinking about why I expect certain reactions and what about those reactions makes me uncomfortable and what emotion does that reaction trigger in me? What form of expression would be most undesirable to me and which one would be most desirable? When you go into into a conversation with a stranger, say who you perceive to be higher than you in the social hierarchy, You might be uncomfortable, you might say you're nervous, but do you ever think about, are you nervous about feeling put down? Are you feeling nervous about feeling less superior? Are you feeling nervous about maybe not being worth the attention of that person? Usually it's multiple shades of all these things, but it's rarely that we're not worth any of it. And if that is the prevailing sentiment in the brain that I'm not worth anything, then there is maybe a process you can consider to work out what are the parts of you that make you feel that way? Is there something you can do to make them perhaps more worthy? Or is there a larger emotional underlying problem that's maybe covering or coloring your view of everything you do? It's unlikely we're mediocre at everything we do. If, if anything, if I think I'm mediocre at everything, at least I'm good at calling things mediocre, which might make me a useful critic. Possibly. So the idea now is, you know, when someone says, I was asked the other day if I'd be offended when some people say certain things, and over time I've lost the ability to be offended because it actually sees me attaching a lot of credibility to the person offending me instead of exploring the emotions that bring about a certain response. Should I take everything at face value that people say? Are they saying exactly what they're thinking? Do you always have the perfect words to describe exactly what you're thinking? And do you frequently encounter people who have that ability? If you do, then based on the level of credibility you attach to these people, there's merit in seeing what's up. But honestly, in my experience, I've found that frequently I could say things that don't offer a very accurate picture of what I'm thinking for a range of reasons. It could be a first meeting. It could be because there's some tension. It could be because there's a balance of power that I perceive a certain way. So I ask myself, can I look beyond the face value of a comment and dig a bit deeper to see where it came from? Or should I take everything as gospel to help deliver my judgment or a confirmation of my expectation of negativity? I feel it's easier to expect people to fail you. You won't be disappointed as often. But the reason you won't be disappointed is because you're just disappointed all the time, so it just doesn't hurt as much. It's easier not to live because we're all dying anyway. What's the point, right? Death, however, will still be a transformative impact. And I think it might help to think about how to live while backing ourselves to make improvements as we go along instead of trying to figure it out before we take the jump. The choice really isn't between being anxious or being judgmental or being extremely shut off to people experiences and our own possibility. I think the choice is between thinking or living as one option and thinking while living and the other option. That's just a thought worth considering. So in the conversation you have, your next one, do you think you could try just exploring why the person you spoke with has picked a specific topic? What words do they use to describe that topic? And what emotion are they attaching to it? And maybe what we do is use questions to understand that approach better instead of jumping on the bad wagon, to quickly stop something from disturbing our expectedly static view of the world. I just see this as a, as a jigsaw puzzle as opposed to a wrestling match where I have to subdue every point of view. But if you look at things as a jigsaw puzzle, you're asking questions, and they're putting a piece in, you're putting a piece in. And over time, you know, if you're doing a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle, and you have four pieces, and you're being asked if this actually makes sense. It's a very tricky question to answer, but I don't think there is an overall picture, really. It just helps with our own perception for us to create a better understanding of what the existing picture is. And that's how I see communication. It's, it's a collective exploration of consciousness and the life we live together as a community. Uh, we're not living in isolation. And if I draw my confidence in social interactions from my curiosity and not my competence, which is usually an external label anyway, I find that I'm not just calmer in situations, but also able to have better interactions with people because just the way I am intuitive, perceptive, and aware, that's something the person I'm speaking with as well. And curiosity is a respect and a a homage to the quality of our intellect, not a position of vulnerability. No one knows what's up, and that's why we're here, to enjoy what is up and see what we can do to get a bit more out of it. I hope that's given you some food for thought, and I hope it's something you'll consider trying in your next conversation. Until then, stay inspired, and let's keep finding ways to just get that more maximum.